Since bread and water is so easily turned into tea and toast, there's always time to partake with a friend. I'm Jennifer Stowe from Three Sisters Tea Room. And I'm Julia Stowe from Blossom Arts. Sharing tea for a moment today because life is beautiful. Welcome to Tea and Toast. Hi, Mummy. How are you doing? I'm doing good, Meredith, and I'm aptly glad that you've come back for another tea story with me today on the podcast. I'm very glad to be back as well. Yeah. Well, we're just kind of sitting in our in my bedroom today mm-hmm. because it's a little bit of an overcast Friday, and everyone in the house is gone except for you and me. They yes. all have things to do, so we decided we'd get together and, and record, but... Um, we're not having a pot of tea today. We've kept it a little bit more informal. So tell me what you got in your little green cup. I am drinking one of my favorite teas right now. It's um, a very good cup of, a very strong cup of pu'er with a little bit of cream. And don't put any sugar in it for me. I don't like sugar in my pu'er. And uh, I kind of steep it until it's water. And it's always been one of my, well, recently it's been one of my favorites. Yeah, and pu'er is such a great digestive tea. It's good for um, digesting food. So a lot of people like to drink it after they have a meal, but also first thing in the morning because it's just great to continue the detoxification process that our body's been doing all night. And Pu'er is one of those teas that although it is a dark tea and does have caffeine, for some reason, I can drink it right up till bedtime and never am affected by the caffeine. Not so with many other types of black tea. Yes, you have no problem going to No problem. Part of that is youth, baby. (laughs) (laughs) I can tell you. But uh, yeah, and I have a totally different cup of tea in my cup. And that is a, I think it's a royal blend. I'm not sure what the name of it is from... Fortnum and Mason, and it came out for the Queen a few years back. And a friend of ours, a tea room friend and, and good personal friend, was in England and happened to be there the same time as Julia was. And they met up at St. Paul's Cathedral and had a terrific time touring that together. And they also went to the um, Fortnum and Mason store and they bought us a container of tea. So I like that. It's a really light Chinese tea. And what I like about it is I don't need to put any milk in it or anything. It's just perfect all by itself. That's wonderful. Yeah. So that is my favorite afternoon tea these days and I'm getting pretty low. So I don't know (laughs) what we're going to do after that. But anyways. Do you have a cultural moment to share with us? Well, I do. And actually, <laughs> you're involved in I that know. cultural moment, so you can fit, you can jump in any time you want. But recently, you and I took a little journey up to New England, where is my home, and where I grew up on Cape Cod. And we toured around and visited family, and we went to, oh, we took a ferry, went to Martha's Vineyard and had a wonderful time, day over there. But one place I really wanted to take you was this little museum when I in my growing up years it was just a tiny little house and it was called the Cahoon Museum and Mr. and Mrs. Cahoon were artists in the 40s 50s 60s 70s and they had a beautiful folk art quality to them and I recall going to the museum as a child because my grandmother volunteered there as as a docent and, and volunteered in the gift shop and 
we would go and she would show me all the paintings, which I love so very much because although it was folk art, because they lived um, on the beach, all of their paintings revolved around sea life. So there were fishermen, there were piers, there were sea uh, or, or beaches and, and shells, and there were mermaids. <laughs> <laughs> and Mr. Cahoon, in particular, had a signature style where he included some elements of whimsy, like hot air balloons, um, bubbles. Um, can you think of any others? Um, oh, uh, bunting was oh, another thing. Oh, that's right. And mermaids. Pearls. Uh, pearls and the mermaids. So most of the paintings that he's very well known for and that were hanging in the museum featured mermaids doing all kinds of um, human things, like they might be sitting around knitting. That was mm -hmm. one of the paintings. Or they would be driving a car. Or they would be cooking. That was a really that was another really cute one. And so we, I really wanted to take you to show you these pictures because I have such fond memories of them. But when we got there, the museum had grown and changed a little bit, <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> in the 30 or 40 years since I'd been there. And we found that not only did it feature um, Mr. and Mrs. Cahoon's painting, it also featured other uh, local artists. And we enjoyed it. The tour, it was really, really great to go there. And one thing that I was tickled pink with was I was going through some of the posters that they had of, of the original paintings by Mr. Cahoon and I found the mermaids at a tea party actually they were at a tea room right um and uh the Magansett tea room which is a little town uh on the cape and they were just adorable in their little um tail their cute little tails in the chair with their pearls they were some of them were smoking cigars mm -hmm. which was kind of or pipes which was kind of strange and bubbles were coming out of the pipes they all had pearls on they were sipping tea some of them were playing cards that's right yeah it yeah. was just a crazy painting and i loved it so i did buy it and I'm going to frame it and put it up in the tea room and, and hope everyone enjoys it. And uh, your mom has one hanging up in her bathroom, too, so you'll kind of be matching. That's right. Mom has one of the mermaids knitting because mm -hmm. she's a real she, avid yeah. knitter. And so it's really precious. They're, they're knitting little sweaters that have, or little, like, onesies that have yeah. tails. <laughs> right. So, anyways, but I, I just really enjoyed that trip. I had so much fun. We with had you. a great time. We really did. It was a lot of laughs. Wonderful time. Yes. But, anyways, on with the show. <laughs> Do you have a tea story to tell me today? Yeah, well, it seems like you've become the tea story gal. Apparently. Yeah. Yes. So, thank you for coming and listening to my stories. But I was thinking about, this would be like a third tea story, I think, that we've recorded. And, they're just little glimpses into life um, that have a connection to tea that I've experienced either personally or people have told me. And this one is my own personal tea story. And I was thinking about it when we were packing up to go on our trip. And in the past, you um, children have, but Julia and Andrea have, and Spencer too, have packed to go on journeys. And as I pack, I often put tea in your uh, suitcases and, and we make plans to be prepared on the other end 
of our journey with um, things that remind us of home, and tea is one of those things. But I'll, um, the story I wanted to share today took place many, many years ago, right? Uh, I wasn't married, but only a couple of years, maybe not even two years. It might have even been in our first year of marriage. And, and um, we were stationed, Daddy was stationed overseas. We were on Guam, and we had taken a trip uh, to Hong Kong, and we were there for a while, and I remember being so excited at the cultural experience of being in a foreign country. Um, not only It's not like going to Europe where there's still a lot of people who look like us. Um, I know some of, I know some Spanish, I know some French, so there'd be some common words. I The people looked different, the food was vastly different, the language I couldn't understand a word. We had been going into restaurants where we couldn't read the menu, uh, we couldn't communicate with the waiter, we just had to go around and like point at food on people's tables and uh, indicating that that's what we would mm -hmm. like or we would do pantomime gestures to try to get our point across. I really never felt quite so far from home as I did on that trip. Um, the whole, I thought, well, if I could just get to like a grocery store, I could buy some food and then we could make food and I wouldn't have to go out to eat all the time. But they didn't even have grocery stores like we know them. They had markets, uh, a lot of open air markets. <laughs> and walking through the open air market was a multi-sensory experience. I was accosted by the sight of, um, whole chickens hanging from hooks, um, hunks of meat from unknown types of animals <laughs> hanging from a butcher's hook. And I was really struck by the smell. Um, it was really unfamiliar to me. And I was very sick and queasy a lot of the trip. And it was, it was hard for mama. <laughs> but I remember walking into this tiny little, we would probably call it a convenience store, but I really do think it was their a, a full-size market to them and I looked around at all the products on the on the three little shelves or the three walls um uh, in the store it was a tiny little store like like the size of a bedroom it was pretty small and I walked in and I just thought I I'm looking at these packages of food and I have no idea what what's in these packages the, there's not a familiar word I, I can't even try to decipher it because everything was written in Chinese characters. So I couldn't even distinguish what was maybe cereal from cookies to anything. I mean, I just, it was incomprehensible to me. And uh, I began to feel really lost and alone and depressed and just wanted to get home as soon as possible. And I turned and I saw this yellow box about eye level on the shelf. And in it had these bright yellow letters that were in our alphabet. And the box coloring and pack the box itself was familiar to me. And it said Lipton. <laughs> <laughs> That's familiar for sure. Now it was funny because um the box was just like a Lipton tea box. At home, it said Lipton on it, and every other thing on the box was in Chinese characters, but I knew what Lipton was. <laughs> and I don't think I had 
had Lipton tea in a number of years at that point. Maybe when I was in high school, I had had Lipton tea, but it wasn't really some a type of tea that I drank that much. But my goodness, over there in Hong Kong, I gravitated toward that box. I picked it up off the shelf and I checked out and I had no concept of money. I didn't know what their their pay, what their money system was like. So I just held out this handful of of Chinese money and the guy was picking out how much it cost and I just hoped for the best. Yeah. I walked back to where we were living and opened the box up and took the cellophane off and opened up the first um, little sleeve of tea bags and then a tea bag itself and the smell of tea was just so overwhelmingly familiar and welcoming and I drank that cup of tea and I, I remember sitting there at a little tiny table and I just thought tea is home. And it even though I was in Hong Kong where they had tons of tea, it was all so foreign to me, but that Lipton's box of tea was familiar, comforting, and um, really changed my whole perspective on our st- the rest of our stay in Hong Kong. Oh, yes. So I say all that because just this, you know, familiarity washed over me, and I thought, yeah, yeah, tea, tea is home. So. And saying that, the first thing we got, we did when we got home from the airport from our trip was put the kettle on and had tea. So I definitely think tea is home. Yes, you mean most recently yes. when we tried? I know we got home and we, mom, you want tea? Yes, I want tea. So we had that. Oh yes. Uh, as soon as we got home, and it is. Um, so it's probably the first thing we do most days when we leave the house. When we come back, somebody puts the kettle mm-hmm. on as soon as we get home and we pull out the tea leaves and have ourselves a cuppa. Yeah. So anyway, that's just a little tea tale I had to tell you today. Well, that was very <laughs> fun. Thank you. Yeah. Well, before we finish up for today, I I have enjoyed finding little tea snippets in literature and um, we'll collect tea scenes, as we call them, in books that we might be reading. And Andrea is reading a book right now, and she keeps coming down and reading us these scenes from her book, but they're all about coffee. <laughs> and I think, well, if I could just change it to tea, it would be a really great extract to read. But then, hilarious uh, as it is, I found a nursery rhyme from Mother Goose that actually deals with coffee and tea. So it's just a quick little uh, nursery rhyme, but I wanted to know if you would read it for us. Absolutely. Molly, my sister, and I fell out. And what do you think it was all about? She loved coffee and I loved tea. And that was the reason we couldn't agree. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. Yeah, (laughs) that's pretty cute. Now, most of us love coffee and tea in this house, so it's really not too much to fall out about. We're happy to uh, coffee in the morning and then tea throughout the rest of the day. Is that right? Yes, yes, indeed. That's right. Well, Meredith, we have some new things coming up in the tea room. Uh, Some of them are on the website. We have a wee tea coming up. Um, I think it's um, maybe... uh, October 19th or so, uh, we're going to be reading The Leaf Man and doing some fun things with autumn leaves. So anyone who's local and has a wee tea drinker should come to that. We also have a great literary tea coming up with one of our favorite books. Yes, the Guernsey Literary and Potato Peel Pie Society. Right. Now, I am not certain when we read that book, but you and I read that out loud together. It was my second read, your first, first. read. You've read it a second time since, and now we're reading it for the book club, and it is 
a good story. It's a winter read, or a fall read, I mm-hmm. guess. It's perfect for cool weather and hot beverages. It's just great. Yeah, it really is. It's good for fireside reading, mm-hmm. I like to call it. That's true. And the other thing I was going to say about that, oh, right, while we were on vacation, we had the opportunity to watch the movie. Yes. Now, we will make a disclaimer here. We did like the movie, and we loved the book, but the two are not the same. No. <laughs> in fact, I loved some of the characters in the movie, but those characters just weren't in the book. Right. So if you can view the movie as separate and distinct from the book, you will enjoy it. But if you're watching the movie to see the book you loved portrayed on the big screen, it's not going to happen. No, but, sadly. But it was so good. But it was really good. it was good. very pretty. It was a beautifully shot movie, wasn't it? The scenery mm-hmm. in the background, everything, the colors, the, the clothing, everything was just really well done. So I'd love to have people join us for that. I think that's on a Thursday, November 2nd. It's all on the website. And lastly, we're starting in November something that we call tangible teas. You can just come, enjoy, make yourself a pot of tea, sit down with scones, and visit with somebody while you write a letter or pick out a knitting project. I'm looking forward to those. Those will be fun. I think they will be. We're also in January, just as a little hint, we're going to do our Bella board again. (gasps) Yay. Yes, and this is important. I went back and looked. And the last time we did it was in January of 2020. So by the time we do it again, it'll be four years. Wow. I think everybody's in need for a, a refreshment on their Bella boards. Yes. So. I might overlap more pictures yes. this time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Be a little freer. I will. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you, sweetheart. Thank it's, you, Mama. This was lovely. Yeah. It's really good to be with you. And I hope everyone uh, has a blessed day and enjoys many cups of deliciously brewed tea. Yes. Thank you for listening to Tea and Toast. I'm Jennifer Stowe of Three Sisters Tea Room. And I'm Julia Stowe of Blossom Arts. Find us online at threesisterstearoom.com or blossomartstn.com and on Facebook. Thank you for joining us.